Sanctuary. It's just a wish away at the Lincoln Wish Event. Right now at Jim K. Lincoln, receive a $2,000 winter bonus on the 2022 Lincoln Corsair or 2022 Lincoln Nautilus. Or add Sanctuary to your list by ordering a 2023 Lincoln model. Contact Jim K. Lincoln before it's too late and make that wish of yours a reality. For more details, visit Jim K. Lincoln in Orleans or jimklincoln.com. Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to our program. We got lots to get to today here on your Saturday morning. Unfortunately, the Sens, well, they've been eliminated. Oh, there it is. The Masters. I figure the Masters opening up on Thursday at the same time the Sens are getting eliminated. Eh, some symbolism there. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk about that game. Wild game down in Sunrise. What the? Ten ejections, including DJ Smith getting tossed from the game. The Sens somehow get worked for seven goals, even though they had 58 shots in the game. What is going on? Uh, we got some goalie trivia. We've got uh, what's going on with the Sens goaltending and much more coming up today here on the program. My name is Steve Warren. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm joined, of course, by the coach, Greg Kennedy. Greg, how are things with you? Things are good, Stephen. Good morning. I'm, I'm here in lovely uh, Montreal, Quebec uh, for the weekend. How exciting is that now, huh? Yes, and uh, we should yeah, let our no. listeners in on that in that uh, you are the head coach of Team Lebanon, Lebanon's men's national hockey program, such as it is. <laughs> such as it is. Yeah, we're, we're here for the weekend. We're having a little evaluation camp. We'll try to identify, uh, I don't know, 22 to 25 guys because the Arab Cup is coming up in Kuwait in May, Steve. I'm going to go spend a uh, – we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do the recording, Steve. I hadn't even thought of that, but I'll be in Kuwait for 10 days in, in early May. Interesting. Kuwait, not exactly a hockey hotbed. Neither is Lebanon for the most part. And that's the no. whole point of the program, though. It's just to, to grow the game in uh, in different parts of the world, and there's obviously at least a – you know the glowing embers of interest in the game in Lebanon, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're working on getting Nazem Kadri to come join us for the Arab cup, but I, I, I think he's going to be busy. <laughs> but, you know, we can't quite get Nas. Well, we'll eventually someday, some other guy will be coaching team Lebanon and maybe Nazem Kadri will participate years from now. But uh, for now, uh, mostly, uh, mostly amateur guys against NCAA players. We got some guys from the KHL, a few guys playing minor pro in the States and, uh, we put together the best team we can. I, I, like ninety five percent of them are, are Canadian, <laughs> generally. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what kind of talent we've got this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. Looking forward to the update, and uh, let's get people updated on what's going on with the Ottawa Senators. And as I mentioned, uh, they are eliminated right now. And uh, if you're going to get eliminated, get eliminated hard. They fall seven to two to the Florida Panthers, and it was just wild. You can't even imagine. To lose seven to two in a game where you got fifty-eight shots on the opposing goalie, that was just a bizarre evening filled with fights and animosity. But at the end of the day, the Sens are out of it. They missed the playoffs for a sixth straight year. What did you think of the game on Thursday? Weird. It was just really weird. Uh, it, it seemed like the Senators couldn't get a goaltender to make a save, no matter which one was in the net. 
bad goals left and right, uh, bad timing of goals too. Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of team building moments. You know, you almost look at that game and say, wow, this was a rallying point. It would have been nice to have that game happen earlier in the year and everybody just kind of coming to each other's defense on the ice last uh, Thursday night. Um, guys were fired up. Physicality was there. Animosity was in the house. Um, from that sense, a lot of positive takeaways, but unfortunately too little, too late when it comes to things like that. And now your season's over. There you go. Done. What a tale of uh, two different goalies in that game in that, uh, well, three different goalies because the Sens used two. They had both their kids in there, 21-year-old Mad Sogard and 20-year-old Levy Marilinen, and both of them weren't very good. Um, I think they had seven goals by the time they had 18 shots. You don't see that very often, seven goals on 18 shots. Meanwhile, and Alex Lyon, by the way, on the other end of the ice was fantastic, obviously, but I found it very interesting that Cam Talbot doesn't even dress for that game. This is a veteran of over 10 years in the NHL, and he's been generally a good pro. He hasn't had the best of seasons, certainly not a standout or anything like that. Still has a save percentage above 900. But of late, since he came back from his latest injury, he hasn't been that great. Still, what a slap in the face for an NHL veteran to be asked to sit down for two kids with absolutely no NHL experience. Obviously, a message is being sent here. Like, if, if Talbot doesn't even dress, that tells me that's it. The door's closed. You're not coming back. I know that at one point... The Senators did want to talk to him about it, coming back for another year, or probably less money, and probably only wanted to sign him for one year. Talbot would want two. He'd probably want a little raise. So it, that was a probably going nowhere, the negotiations. And you get down to this stage of the season and think of it like, okay, they, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they still had a chance. If they'd won the game, they could potentially still be in it uh, come Friday morning and this morning. So... You don't even dress the guy. That's a pretty big message you're sending somebody saying, "Yeah, we we don't we don't need your services anymore. Thanks." I mean, if they could, they probably would have sent him home. Yeah, and the feelings mutual now after that. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he wants no part. Of, he wants no part of this team, at least unless there's you know some sort of house cleaning in the off season. Cam Talbot has no interest in re-signing with his team anymore either. Because let's look at it. I get Marilina because he just had a good game. You know, okay, kick the tires on him again, and he was bad. He was just bad. Sogard doesn't make sense to me because Sogard's last outing, Cam Talbot had to come in in the third period to replace him. And I thought Sogard was junk in his last performance as well. And 21 and inexperienced. So if I'm Talbot, I'm livid. Uh, I'm insulted. And I have no interest in re-signing either. So I think it's the end of the line for that relationship. And that brings us to the question. And I wrote about this in Faces Magazine this week. What exactly is the game plan and goal for this fall? Is it just Anton Forsberg, the guy with two wrecked knees? He's, uh, you know, he's 30. His resume is what it is. And that, he, you know, is a guy that two years ago was waved through the league three times. Is he the number one that you're going to rely on here? To me, and this is the conclusion I drew in the article, I think the Sens absolutely must go goalie shopping in some capacity because with the kids, in all likelihood, any of these kids you're looking at as, as being the goalie of the future, they're probably two, three years away. And do you really want, because I think the Sens, you know, their, their window for being a decent contending team for a playoff spot, it's open now. And you can't afford to wait around two, three years for one of these goalies to become the player that they need. So you got to go shopping, in my opinion. What do you think? I agree. There's, there's too many ifs, Steve. 
Like if you bring back, okay, if Forsberg comes back and plays well, uh, can this team get by with Forsberg as a number one and one of the kids as a backup? You know, if the coaching situation changes and there's a better defensive structure, can they survive with that goaltending duo? The answer is probably yes to that. I just I don't agree with it. I don't I don't think Forsberg is the right guy, and I uh, I've never thought he was a number one, and I don't think he can be come next year. His health is the issue to begin with, let alone everything else. And the two the two kids or the three kids or however many you want to put in that barrel, they're all too young. Uh, a goaltender must be acquired. The question is: Is the goaltender more important than the coach right now? Is it more important to find a goalie or more important to find a coach? That's an interesting question because I think that the the coach changes the system. The system makes the goalie look a little better, which is probably a large part of the problem that's been with Cam Talbot. The whole Cal, Tam, Tam, Cam Talbot and Gustafson comparison is look who he's playing behind. The Minnesota defense is a heck of a lot better than Ottawa. So, of course, Gustafson looks a little better this year than Talbot does. But, yeah, they've got to find a goalie. And, and who is it? Do you go out and do you, do you pay a lot of money and get somebody like a big name star older guy? Are you just looking for somebody who you think can be a starter who doesn't cost a lot of money and you only want him for a year or two? I think the first question to settle is what's the type of goaltender we want? What are the qualities we're looking for? Age, style, uh, record, uh, you know, pedigree. That That's probably the first question that needs to be answered. Once you know exactly what you're looking for, then you go look for it. You think about what Talbot and Forsberg were this year. It's kind of ironic in that they thought they had licked the problem that had existed for two years with Matt Murray. And Matt Murray's deal was either inconsistent or injured. And so Murray, they pay him a bunch of money to go play for somebody else, you know, take on some of his salary. So he goes and plays for the Leafs and does more of the same. But then he's gone. And now Forsberg and Talbot both go out and do their best Matt Murray impressions. So that's been discouraging for sure. And uh, right now they stand 28th and 34th in safe percentage in the NHL. Whereas the guy that they gave up to get Cam Talbot and Philip Gustafson, I know we talked about it in a recent episode. He's number two, Greg. He's number two overall in the NHL. So are we looking for a a veteran guy? Uh, Or are you looking for a guy who's 24, 25, 26, who's ready to break out? Uh, Are they, is it going to be a free agent? Is it going to be a trade? If it's a free agent, how many years are you willing to give somebody? Because you're not going to be able to sign up. A free agent who's going to be a number one guy here, you're not going to get for a two-year deal. It's going to have to be four or five or more. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be difficult to find somebody. I know I threw Thatcher Demko's name out at one point uh, here while we've been talking in the past. Uh, he's a guy who at one point was available, but he's coming off a terrible year. His pedigree says yes. His his past performance says yes. But this season says, ooh, no, no, no. It's yeah. almost like uh, when they brought in Murray, you know, he's coming off two bad years or three bad years. Here's a guy in Demko coming off one bad year. But that's the type of guy, the record that he's had in the past. That's what you're looking for, I think. All right, let's take a time out of the program. By the way, the Sens are taking on Tampa Bay at home tonight uh, here in town. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show And during the break, here's our Dunrobin Distillery's web poll for you to allow to simmer in your brain, good listener. Now that the Sens are officially eliminated, what do you, and Greg's already touched on this, he's already kind of started cutting the grass on this, 
but uh, we'll get into it a little deeper. That's all good. Uh, what do you believe is the area they most need to address in the offseason? Is it coaching? Is it goaltending? Secondary scoring? Team toughness or something else? So those are our questions. Give that a thought and we'll uh, we'll dabble into some of the uh, responses that we received here over the last 24 hours. And it's coming up after these words. Jim K. Ford has been serving Ottawa since 1982, one of the longest-running dealerships in the entire city. They've always been family-owned and operated, and their amazing team of professionals from sales to service is constantly training and improving to provide you with the best possible customer experience. And, of course, they're always ready to say yes. Check out JimKFord.com or visit them at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! ADSS Global is your trusted partner for all your accounting and financial management needs. Our team of certified Sage 300 experts will help you streamline your financial operations, optimize your cash flow, and improve your bottom line. We have the solutions. Hear what one of our satisfied customers has to say. The Algonquin Students Association has been with ADSS for over 10 years. Mark and his ADSS team are reliable and respond quickly to our requests and needs. Call ADSS Global today at 613-221-5950 or email mcashman at adssglobal.net. Right then, welcome back to the program. The Sens taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at the CTC. And again, looking back to Thursday night, and we'll get to our poll here in a second. Um, That was a bizarre hockey game. You had... Nine players, along with DJ Smith, all ejected from the game. 166 penalty minutes in the game and the weirdness of losing a game 7-2 to two, as the Sens did while out shooting the opposition 58-30. to 30. And that's one thing we didn't really talk about was the general animosity in that game. Seemed to me like it started potentially with Patrick Brown rolling in on Alex Lyon and just deciding to do the old, you know, slap shot level snowing him with a big old stop and uh, well he was basically attacked by every Florida Panther on the ice at that stage of the game including the great Rodko Smash Rodko Smash Rodko Gudis all over him and uh, I just I don't know I'm not I'm not sure about Patrick Brown exactly what he brings to the table Greg yeah I'm not sure you you, you we talked about this off the air too I He's here. He was a depth guy to fill in, but he seems to be a depth guy who is playing ahead of others that I thought were better than him, and I still think are better than him. He's, I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't think we'll be seeing him next year. He's he's done for now. But you're right; he did stir it up a little last night. Uh, Radko yeah. Gudis also went in and and snowed uh, Sogard late in the game. You had Brady slip and fall uh, possibly maybe maybe not and run over or slide under uh, lion at one point that started some crap he had the big yeah. hit of Giroux on Debrinket. it was a perfectly clean hit oh you mean uh, Matthew Kachuk they're sorry who'd I say Brady <laughs> no you yeah. said Claude Giroux <laughs> oh <laughs> Claude Giroux okay that was pretty bad huh you can tell yeah. it's a Saturday morning. Um, yeah, it was it was Matthew Kachuk with a clean hit on Alex Debrinket. Really nice hit. And Debrinket kind of went looking for him afterwards and looked like he was ready to stick up for himself again, which is kind of nice. There was just a lot of weird, uh, funky sort of stuff going on, and I, I just thought it was kind of cool. From, from here and there, you saw signs of them. It's it's all of us. We're all in this together. We're all as one. And like I said earlier, it's from a team building perspective. It was nice to see 
Um, they've got that part going for them, at least, as, despite the record and the and now out of the playoffs. At least they're all together on it. I never saw a replay where I was convinced, just because it is Matthew Kachuk, and he is, a, as they say, a shift disturber. Um, I'm never certain that Kachuk has uh, innocent motives, and I never saw a replay that fully exonerated him. I never really could tell if there maybe a, was a forearm shiver or an elbow, even though it wasn't flying out like the chicken wing. I couldn't tell if he was kind of leading with that elbow or not. Never really saw that. And I'm never going to give a guy like Matthew Kachuk the benefit of the doubt. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. As with uh, was you know, Matt Cook, like Matt Cook on Eric Carlson, for example. You know, there's yeah. lots of debate either way on that old thing where basically uh, his uh, Carlson's Achilles is severed on the play. Just the fact that it was Matt Cook. But have we got the results yet from the in-depth forensic analysis that uh, Eugene Melnick was going to pay for that? I, I never heard anything on that. <laughs> I'll check in with Quincy. Uh, no, I, there's got to be a more topical reference than Quincy. Quincy. Uh, Gil Grissom. There you go. It's, there you Gil go. Gil Grissom or Bones. Or <laughs> Somebody. Exactly. Yes, that's the worst. Uh, la- uh, kids, uh, in the late 1970s, early 80s, there was a TV show with Jack Klugman called Quincy. He was a coroner, and he would do things like that. He would probably never break down Matt Cook's stomping of Eric Carlson. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Let's keep moving yes. on here. And I mentioned we were going to do the Dunrobin Distillery's web poll, and uh, lots of feedback on it today. I fired it up on my Twitter account. Um now that the Sens are officially eliminated, what do you believe is the area they most need to address in the offseason? Is it coaching? Is it goaltending? Secondary scoring? Something else? Well, I'll let you start. Well, I, I like every one of your points. I mean, those are the, the the kind of the four things, at least three of them anyway. I don't know how much toughness is required, but definitely goaltending needs to be addressed. Coaching needs to be addressed. Secondary scoring needs to be addressed. I think, though, that the first thing that needs to be addressed is who's the coach and GM? That's the first thing because that plays into everything else. If you're going to go out and try to get a free agent goaltender and they don't know who the coach or the GM are, that's not going to work. You're going to have a tough time recruiting anyone at that point. Um, And if you're going to try to get that goaltender through a trade, well, okay, who's the GM in charge to make the trade? I know that Pierre Dorian's sort of been given carte blanche to do what he thinks is right as long as the board approves of it, uh, the existing board. But after the season's over, with the sale process ongoing, is there sort of like an embargo now? Do they go to Pierre and say, okay, you're done for now. Don't do anything else till after the sale's official. So I think that the goaltending question is a big one, but other factors play into it. And therefore, so same with the coach, factors play into that. Uh, I, I don't know. Which, what, what, what way are you leading? I think you're goaltending now, although you were probably coach earlier, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, they're both big. And, uh, you know, I understand everybody's actually you know, doing what you did. Uh, you know, saying goaltending and coaching. You can't have one. They both have to be yeah. dealt with. And I think that's probably where I do stand. Uh, <laughs> but if, if I'm forced to come up with something, it would be goaltending because, uh, well, you know, they, they need a goalie who can stay healthy in one piece and they need a goalie who is going to be, you know, consistent and, and uh, you know, making the big save when you need them. I thought, you know, Marilinen in, in the last game, where they end up losing to Carolina in overtime. I thought he made a bunch of big saves at the right time that kept that game in check from getting away from the Sens. And that that just reminded me of how important that is in the context of a hockey game. Not just saves, not just a good save percentage, but saves at the key times that uh, that keep the other team from just basically you know taking over and, and getting all the momentum. 
Well, let me put it to you this way. If it was going to have to be status quo, which one would you least approve of? Status quo goaltending situation or status quo coaching situation? And I think this now changes your answer, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not as I'm not I'm not as anti Cam Talbot as 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 most people listening are, because yep. I do think that I do think that you could get by with Cam Talbot. Okay, could you get could you get by with Forsberg and two kids? No. Would you rather have Forsberg and two kids and DJ Smith or Forsberg and two kids and a different coach? I, I, I think the coach one uh, status quo coach is oh no way no way on earth do I want status quo coach I think right. I'd be okay with status quo goaltending yeah listen I'm on a tight wire here as far as between coach and goaltending so it doesn't take much to push me one side or the other and so when you put it that way yeah I want a new coach <laughs> a boy after four years with so many of the same struggles defensively and uh, so many kids that need to be molded I don't think you could take the chance this is the guy like I, I think you've had four years to show big improvements and the team did improve. Let's be honest. They're eliminated now, but that was way later than they were eliminated last year. I think they were something like, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but something like 27 points out of a playoff spot when the season ended. And so that's a big jump. You know, you're, you're 18, 19 points closer than you were last year, whatever it is. So it was, they did, they did take a, they, they improved a lot, but I think that happened by osmosis. Agreed. Not to mention you added Alex Debrinkit and Claude Giroux. Giroux was, I think he might be the MVP of the team still. Um, he's in that discussion for sure. Debrinkit improved the top six. Jake Sanderson. Exactly. So did they improve by leaps and bound with those additions? Not to mention other guys being a year older. Good Lord, look what Tim Stutzla did this year offensively. What an absolute eruption offensively. Not to mention what he delivered defensively. In the past, it was almost nothing. This year, he's regularly playing on the penalty kill. So mm-hmm. I don't know that the improvement was due to coaching rather than just the addition of guys, key guys, and everybody else being a year older. Anyway, and I think um, I've changed my answer. I'm going coaching now. <laughs> and I think your one year older factors into your third uh, possible response here this this idea of depth scoring i think a healthy josh norris i think a one-year-older shane pinto i think uh, matthew joseph can't help but be better my god he's had a bad tough time i think those three guys alone will help the depth scoring next season so i don't know that that's that's probably not even my number three answer so uh here's some of the feedback that we got on my twitter account today we've got uh jordan alexander hodge who writes, we need a more defensive system and attendee that can consistently make NHL saves. See, everybody's in the same boat as me. This is too hard to decide. Franz Holtz writes, GM and coach. Dan writes, because uh, I, I put out coaching, goaltending, secondary scoring as you know, three possible options. And Dan Lajoie writes, those three and in that exact order. So that those are the mm-hmm. kinds of, everybody's reacting to it. There's a few GMs in there as, a, as the anything else category. In fact, some people are putting some suggestions in. For example, Joel Quenville. I would like to see a coaching replacement, and I want it to be Joel Quenville. Right now, we feel like the 08 Hawks. So let's talk about Joel Quenville. We'll take a timeout, and uh, we'll get more into um, DJ Smith's performance, getting kicked out of the game on Thursday night. We'll hear his comments after the game, and that's after these words. 
Every hockey fan loves when Canada competes for gold. At the 2023 World Gin Awards in England, Ottawa's Dunrobin Distilleries won gold for the best flavored gin. Pick up some Dunrobin craft spirits today at various LCBO locations or through their website at dunrobindistilleries.com. With life moving so fast, don't you wish you could just freeze time? Well, that's what Jim K. Ford is doing for you because right now, when you custom order a new 2023 Ford F-150 from Jim K., you can lock in your factory order bonus of up to $3,500. And if there's a better incentive when you take delivery, you can choose that instead. It's that simple. Start your journey today at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Sens fall 7-2 to on Thursday night to the Florida Panthers. Such a weird, weird hockey game to lose 7-2 to and get 58 shots as a team. That does not happen very often. Here's what DJ Smith had to say about the performance after the contest. We had some bad bounces there. And obviously, there's a few that, uh, you know, that we'd like back. But, you know, their goalie put a clinic on, um, you know. I don't think that's a 7-1 game. I think everyone knows that. Um, you know, but they had some tips and they had some things, and we got to find ways to score. You know, on, uh, on Kachuk's uh, hit on Debrinkat there, I I'm, you know, think it's a penalty. You know, and then uh, we end up four on four. Um, you know, and it just and then obviously, you know, guys, uh, the tempers took over. Um, you know, from there after, you know, that hit. Um, you know, and then they scored some power play goals. So there is a frustrated DJ Smith after the 7-2 loss in Florida, and that officially eliminates the Sens from postseason contention for a sixth straight year. And there's a reason the Masters is playing right now. It's a tradition unlike any other, and unfortunately, Greg, the Sens missing the playoffs is becoming a tradition unlike any other, and I think Sens fans are getting a little tired of it. The only thing missing there was DJ. He almost said it. You could tell he wanted to say, you know, you play like that most nights in this league, you're going to win. He didn't He didn't drop that baby in. He's in one of his usual standby fallback positions. But he might have been yeah. right. <laughs> if, you'd had, if you'd had NHL, if the goalies were on the opposite teams, they would have won handily. Yeah. I feel badly because uh, regardless of where you stand on, on DJ Smith, some people are apologists and they talk about, you know, he's got young guys and, and young guys are, you know, sometimes slow to uh, appreciate the defensive points of the game and, and being 200-foot hockey players. And, oh, he's got – he's had all those injuries, and that's been really unfortunate. And certainly the goaltending has been right in front. So, I mean, I see both sides of it. Um, and, 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 and the bottom line is n- nobody in the city wants to win hockey games more than DJ Smith does. But we're four years in, and I'm just in a mode of next man up. You know, I just – think it's time and I see some of the same problems occurring again and again and so if you did decide to make a change in the offseason who would that next head coach be and one of the good listeners threw in the name Joel Quenville and it's popped up before he is out there and there is an update on Joel Quenville Uh, he wants to come back to the NHL and uh, I guess he's undergone the necessary work reportedly um, all assigned by Gary Bettman and, of course, he resigned in disgrace from the Florida Panthers, the team that uh, beat the Sens the other night after being implicated in the Chicago Blackhawks cover-up of the Brad Aldrich sex scandal in 2010. He, of course, was not directly involved in it. It just was his behavior or lack of action after it uh, came to light within the organization 
that is uh, that was totally inappropriate. Um, but uh, that's what happened. And uh, so he lost his job with the Florida Panthers. And uh, Darren Drager recently on Insider Trading on TSN had the quote of, we know that Joel has been working with Kim Davis, who's the executive vice president of the NHL for quite some time. Most of this season, in fact, he's scheduled to a call with the American Hockey League coaches next month to share some of the lessons he's learned. And uh, hopefully he'll get back in the NHL. He's hopeful he'll get back in the NHL. But for the moment, he's happy to be involved in the process that he is. And uh, so he's going to have to be reinstated and everything. So I guess it comes down to second chances. But if we just leave that aside, and that's hard to do, I understand. Man, would a guy like Joel Quenville be an interesting target, potentially, for the Ottawa Senators if they decide to make a change? He certainly would. Uh, I, I can't help thinking that if if the situation were different, like if he wasn't coming off what he's coming off of here, Ottawa would not be his choice, I don't Agreed. think. But in the scenario that he's in now, where it's like there's only 32 jobs and he wants one, he would probably say yes. Uh, then on the other side of the coin is, is this really the right thing that the senators should be doing? Should they be just kind of staying away from that and just finding somebody else? Because I, there are other people out there. I've mentioned both Claude Julien and Jacques Martin. Another one is Alain Vigneault's out there. Um, Peter Laviolette apparently is at the end of his run in Washington and has not had any contract talks. Maybe he's available. There are other guys out there, too, whose names I'm not rhyming off, but I'm, if I sat down and thought about long enough, I'm sure it could come up with a bunch more. There are definitely people out there, and I think maybe from a PR standpoint, this is one you stay away from. That's just my two cents worth anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's awfully tempting from a hockey perspective. There you have a three-time Stanley Cup champion. At the time of his dismissal in Florida, the Panthers were a fantastic team, and I just uh, it's tempting, but I, I think that I would probably um, – yeah, I'd probably try and steer clear, particularly when you're dealing with a new owner who wants to come in with a fresh slate and immediately have good relations with the fan base. You probably don't want that right out of the gate because there would be so much negative optics to it. Um, I do believe in second chances, but at the same time, um, you know, it's not like a new, like a Joel Quenville coming in is your only option to improve this hockey club. There are other good coaches out there. Um and, and I guess to some degree, you would be condoning the actions a little bit or he's mm-hmm. in action by uh, by bringing him in and sort of saying that uh, that's cool. But uh, I mean, that's how some people would perceive it anyway. Anyway, difficult topic, but one of the good listeners brought it up. So we thought we'd address it. It would just be something that, again, would be tempting from a hockey perspective, but uh, probably not some, the kind of thing that a new owner would want to take on. I think you're looking for somebody who can play defense, who can teach coach defense, and you want somebody who's going to hold people accountable. That's first and foremost in my mind. So, in a sense, it's kind of like a uh, a disciplinarian, a, ta- a, a taskmaster type. Um, unfortunately, a lot of those guys don't really do so well in today's NHL with today's athletes. Look at uh, Daryl Sutter's struggles lately in Calgary. He's he's a little too old school, but. He does hold people accountable. He does expect certain things and have high expectations, and you you perform or you don't play. But at the same time, you need a guy who's maybe a little younger, who can deal with these younger players, who can uh, – it's almost like you want a guy who's a player's coach slash taskmaster. And I don't know that that really exists. He's a hybrid coach kind of thing. 
I think that's what they're looking for. The other bottom line is I don't want it to be some guy's first shot. I don't want somebody coming out of the American League or somebody coming out of the OHL or or a DJ Smith steal somebody's assistant coach thing. I want this to be a guy with some pedigree, a guy who's been in this league for a few years, at least one stop somewhere else as a head coach. So the question becomes, can you remove DJ Smith without having to also remove Pierre Dorian? Because I think Dorian loves DJ Smith. So if there is a new coach this fall, do you believe Pierre Dorian could still be here? No, I don't. Because I, I, I don't think that Pierre would see it. I guess it comes down to how much does Pierre love his job? Like if somebody new comes in and says, okay, Pierre, you get to stay, but you have to fire the coach from everything that Pierre has said in the past. He wouldn't do that. He doesn't want to fire the coach. He likes the coach. He supports the coach. So I, I think he would have a difficult time and it would be, it would be hypocritical of him, I think, to to stick around if the coach isn't here. I, I, that's just the way I look at it. Based on what he said, what he really thinks or really feels, I don't know. You know, maybe he's tired of DJ too and wants to get rid of him, but doesn't really know how or or or, or isn't allowed to. I got to believe that new when new ownership comes in, if one of them's going to stay, it'll be Pierre. And, and it won't be DJ, that's for sure. I, I think it's probably more likely that both of them end up being shown the door. I mean, you think about GMs, they generally get a chance to fire two or three guys. And at this stage of the game, if, if, I mean, I guess you could count Mark Crawford in there, but he was only in there for a cup of coffee. Really, in the big picture, he's only ever fired Guy Boucher. Mark Crawford came in on an interim basis to close out that season, and then they brought in DJ Smith for the uh, for the fall of 2019. So I guess if he wanted to, he could take a little bit of the pressure off himself by making that change. But again, you know, he's been resistant to any of that type of fire DJ pressure to this point. And I don't know if I expect that to change or not here in the offseason. It's going to be interesting. Kind of an interesting report that's out there. And it involves a Swedish Hall of Famer. No, no. No, no, I'm not talking about Daniel Alfredson, although he could still be involved with ownership of the Ottawa Senators. No, I'm talking about his arch rival, at least as a hockey player, although they're very tight friends. I think it was Sundin that actually brought him onto the stage, Daniel Alfredson, last year uh, for his Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. But Matt Sundin, yes, has been linked to a Sens ownership bid headed up by Toronto real estate investor Ron Kimmel. That's according to former TSN personality Brent Wallace and uh, suggesting that uh, the hockey advisor for that group is Matt Sundin. What say you? Hey, works for me. I, I heard another theory floated out that uh, it was Yorkie who said it, that, uh, you know, at one point uh, Sundin did reach out to the Leafs and to Shanahan and wanted to be involved and was basically told, uh, yeah, no, we're good. We got enough people here. So maybe old Matt's has got a little burr in his saddle about the Leafs and wants to wants to do them wrong and pummel them <laughs> into the earth like you would love that, wouldn't you? If Matt's comes here because he's all ticked at the Leafs and brings Alfie on board, and away we go. It's funny you mentioned burr in the saddle because he it was another guy that uh, that was in town, had nothing to do with ownership, though. Uh, Bill Burr, stand-up comedian, was at the Sens game the other night with Nick Kiprios just sitting with him in, in one of the suites. But uh, no, no, he was just here actually to, to perform at the NAC on uh, yeah. on the 2nd of April. So, you know, Burr in the saddle, that's what brought that to mind. But yeah. there's some other celebrities. We all know Ryan Reynolds is involved in, in the mix as well. But, uh, you know, The Rock, 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson has uh, been speculated to be part of the ownership process. The Weeknd, the uh, pop singer from Toronto, who's been uh, globally uh, a huge hit maker. So, I mean, it looks like one way or the other, there's going to be a celebrity status to the new ownership, whoever it is. Yeah, and they're, and they're connected to each other. Like, everybody thinks, okay, like, if Ryan Reynolds' group doesn't win, uh, does that mean he's gone? But he's he's pretty tight with The Rock. They made a movie together. So if The Rock's group gets in, then then maybe that's that's Reynolds' way in. Um, uh, and, and the other one is Alfie, because two of the groups, Matt Sundin is the consultant for Kimmel, and it's uh, Matthias Nordstrom is the consultant with uh, – Nico Sparks, he's another friend of Alfie's too. These Swedes involved. So uh, like like we've said all along, no matter who wins, and I'm going to say this again, just get it done. I'm sick and tired. I don't want to hear any more speculation. Just get it done. But anyway, no matter who wins, <laughs> I think that both Ryan Reynolds and Alfie are in, in some way, shape, or form. They'd be fools not to be. Uh, like that, uh, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, closing it out today, Greg, with a little bit of trivia. Some Sens goalie trivia. And here's the question for you. Here's some music for you. Oh, yeah, the Masters. Okay. There's no, you know, the Masters really fits with any feature on the program when you get down to it. It's the third time I've played it on the show, but uh, yeah, gotta love that. I love me my Masters. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, I was doing trivia. So the question is kind of interesting this year in that the Sens have had seven goalies. Seven! Dylan Ferguson, Magnus Helberg, Kevin Mandelize, Anton Forsberg, Cam Talbot, Mad Sogard, Levi, Levi, Levy, Levy, Marilinen. That is seven. <laughs> seven, ladies and gentlemen. That's the second most in NHL history for one team in one season. The record, however, is not that long ago. 2018-19, the Philadelphia Flyers had eight goalies. Eight, if you can believe it. The fun part of that is Three would play for the Ottawa Senators at some point in their career. The Flyers that year had Carter Hart, Anthony Stolarz, Calvin Pickard, Michael Neuvert, Alex Lyon, who had a pretty damn good game with 56 saves against the Sens on Thursday night, and then three members who all played for the Ottawa Senators at some point in their career. Can, how many of those three can you name, Greg? I can name all three, Steve. What? I know this. I know this one. I, well, I didn't know about Cam Talbot until Thursday night during the game. It was mentioned that he was one of those guys. Only played four games, so yeah, yeah. it's reasonable to forget him. But I, I, yeah, but Brian Elliott was there. Was he correct? Not? He played. He was like kind of the the second line guy after Carter yeah. Hart, who played thirty one games. Elliott played twenty six, and then there's another Ottawa Senator, former Ottawa Senator, who played just one game. And it was during his tour. Basically, he toured the NHL that year. Waivers, minors, waivers, minors. He played, I think, only one game in Ottawa, if he even did. And I think he was only here for two days. If I'm not mistaken, Steve, I believe the answer is Mike McKenna. Mike McKenna is correct. Yes, he played one game for the Flyers that year. He played 10 for the Sens that same season. Yeah, he played 10 games for the Sens that very same season and also played 10 games down for the mighty Lehigh Valley phantoms fun fact about lehigh valley that's where the ottawa Lynx would inevitably move and become the iron pigs the lehigh valley whatever happened to the ottawa Lynx? they became the lehigh valley iron pigs true story true story and that's our trivia for today what's an iron pig what is that um well let me tell you i can tell you exactly what an iron pig is oh really it's 
Yeah, I can. It's uh, it's basically used by the iron industry in the production of steel. Uh, it's pig iron, as it's uh, often known. But uh, yeah, it has high high car a high carbon content, uh, <laughs> along with silica and other. It's off the top of my head, Greg. It's off the top <laughs> of my head, and uh, it helps them cast iron. Is what it does. These pig uh, irons. We need the music. Steve knows everything. Yes, I love it. I love it. I wasn't cheating at all. No, I, that's my, that's my best guess based on a quick Wikipedia search. Uh, well, the Sens are back in action tonight. They're taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And really, I guess Tampa Bay becomes, you know, once the Sens get through their uh, their final three games of the season, soon enough, Tampa Bay will be the team I am rooting for because they will take on the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one of the playoffs. Right now, Tampa stands uh, as we do this right now seven points back of the Leafs so not dramatically different they have their strengths and weaknesses of course like the Leafs do and uh, Toronto when well, they've been a first round disaster for many a moon 2004 I think was the last time they won a first round playoff series is this their year tell me it isn't but as the Sens take on Tampa Bay what do you think of the Lightning right now a lot of injuries there right now and a team that seems to have I've lost their way of late too. They put it into cruise control and they're like, let's get the playoffs started. But a lot of injuries, they know where they're going to finish. They know who they're going to play. They've known for months. So I don't know how serious an effort they're going to bring tonight against the senators. Yeah. You wonder about, uh, you know, being able to flick the switch. I think if there's a team in the NHL that I have faith in being able to flick the switch, it would be them, you know, probably resting guys. You've seen them quite clearly, you know, making guys who are injured just sort of stay on the DL until the uh, playoffs actually start. We saw it with uh, Kucherov. We saw it with Stamkos. You know, the Islanders just absolutely murdered them on Thursday night, 6-1. to one. So I think they're just kind of coasting right now. And uh, flicking the switch isn't easy. But if there's a team that can do it, it is them. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing that first rounder. But for tonight, the Sens expansion cousins come to town. And we'll see what the uh, Sens have left in the tank. Do you think there's an, an emotional hurdle once you get mathematically, once you're officially eliminated from postseason contention, or has that already happened? Did the did they are did that maybe already happen in the in the four nothing loss the other night? Yeah, well, I I think in the the seven uh, two loss Thursday night, probably about uh, maybe halfway through the first period, the Sens started feeling depressed about being out of the playoffs. So I don't know that there's going to be any more lingering uh, sad feelings for Saturday night tonight. Um, I just, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing how much feistiness we're going to see. The new feisty sense. I like watching this. We'll see how much little, see what kind of uh, extracurricular activities we can find in tonight's game. Yeah. Don't forget our website is sensnationhockey.com If you want to check out the podcast that Greg and I do, Greg, enjoy your week with uh, team Lebanon and uh, all the evaluations. Hopefully you're able to find a bunch of great players and uh, we shall talk to you next Saturday. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Thanks for being with us on the Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.